Ah, there we are. Okay, testing one, two, three, four, five. Test, you, testing one, two. Do you hear the difference when I'm here and then when I'm here? Yep. Yep. I like to talk a lot like this, and I forget. We'll yeah. Just focus on if you see me go like this, just look back in the mic. Yep. I do that all the time. It's all good, man. Okay. And I'm going to remember to turn it live today. <laughs> okay, so... So grab your phone, Kay. have it ready, and then all right, it'll just take a second. So we'll hit, so I'll hit live here, and I'll do a quick little intro, and I'll give it about a minute, and we'll we'll walk through this. Okay, sounds good, man. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Peyton Fisher and Brandon Hart, and it is. Let's see, what day is it? It is Tuesday, the twenty fifth, February two thousand and twenty. It's not night. 2019 anymore. I keep giving the wrong year. Uh, just a quick uh, reminder before we start today, we have training for greatness number two. It's all about communication coming up March, March 26th. Dang it. March 26th, I believe. Thursday evening from 6 to 7.30. Food will be catered. Tickets are only 20 bucks, and it is you will you'll come away with a plethora of amazing information. We're having Amy Twiggs, a psychologist, uh, of sports medicine. She graduated Stanford. Super smart, cool lady. We're going to talk about uh, communication. So awesome. that that said, um, I have Brandon Hart in here today, and we are working right now on getting our this Facebook Live uh, shared out to everyone. That way we've got it. Yep. And Brandon, while I am sharing mine, tell me a little bit about who you are, what you do. What, what I like to do is for the audience is we like to hear a little bit about who you are, what your business is, do your quick sales pitch, and then we're going to learn about you okay. as a person. Because okay. everybody has something to sell, gidget, widget, whatever. <laughs> I like to know who my guests are as actual people. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, my name is Brandon Hart. Uh, I am 42 year vo- years old. <laughs> I am divorced. One- no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, so I've been in uh, St. George for, uh, gosh, almost 16 years now. I moved here in 2003. Love it here. Um I, I, uh, when I first moved down, I started a company called Vision Electronics here in town um, okay. and um, worked that for quite a while, um, almost 15 years. And then uh, back in 2018, I actually sold most of that company uh, to pursue my next venture. And um, at the time, I didn't know exactly what it was, but uh, just my nature, I, I'm an entrepreneur by nature, and I just, I just was itching to to try it again. Have your next thing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do it for you. Okay, all right, here you go. So uh, anyway, so I I, uh, I kind of pondered what I was going to do, and I had a great opportunity um, with a lady that runs a charity here in town called Global Education Philanthropist. Her name's Cammie Balker. She's awesome. Yeah. And Cammie, uh, her organization is to um, kind of fight human trafficking, and create awareness through education. So she does a lot of uh, humanitarian work in Haiti, uh, Dominican Republic, and some of these hotbeds, uh, Belize. I know they're going to Belize soon. So she has uh, some really great things that she's doing. But as we were talking, and I was kind of looking for what my next business was going to be, she indicated that the challenge that she was having as she as she was educating families and, and parents about some of the dangers that are out there with uh, online predators and and this this growing epidemic of trafficking that's happening all around us, even here in St. George. Tell us what you mean by trafficking. Just raw, just raw, re- the truth. Yeah. So um, basically, what's happening is 
our children are being perpetrated online through different means, social media, gaming, so forth, by predators. And these guys are looking uh, to kind of make friends with our kids. Um, you know, it starts innocent enough, but what they do is they kind of groom them into a, a relationship where they're friends online. And ultimately, the goal is to exploit them, um, either to get them to send them pictures, inappropriate pictures or things like that. And then once, once that child has engaged in that, to that level, then they, then they really kind of turn it on that kid. And so what happens is they then threaten them. They threaten to share this, this explicit material uh, with their families and with their, with their classmates. They threaten their lives, and, and they do a lot of things and the hopes that eventually that kid will pretty much do whatever they want. And in and the unfortunate cases, a lot of times they do, and uh, that kid will just disappear. Um, and they'll be, they'll be trafficked, and they'll be taken somewhere. What, what do you mean they'll just disappear? Basically, um, they will be taken, and they'll be pr- prostituted. Basically, they'll be taken somewhere to some location where they're, where they're prostituted and exploited. And what's really sad is... A lot of modern-day pornography that's on the internet, a lot of stuff that's that's really trending in the porn world, is essentially exploitation of these victims. It's it's they they take these people and they produce pornography, which they then put on the internet to essentially market these children, which is what they are, to uh, men and adults. So uh, that's how they that's how they generate interest, right? So. So Brandon has a company called yep. The Cleaner Net that his phone is so clean I can't even get this to share <laughs> on his phone. That's that's how incredible it is. <laughs> and so you can just you can uh, just post the link a little bit later. I'll, okay. I'll email that over to you. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Because of what is going on, you're you're actually doing what you say you're doing by making your phone cleaner and harder to access those things. Pr- probably. And, and I apologize. <laughs> I uh, I took most social media off of my phone, so. Um, Mainly because it's just a distraction, okay. more so than anything. Not not that I feel endangered myself, um, but I am trying to combat that. So um, one of the things that I I did is I started a company called the Cleaner Net, like you mentioned. And what the Cleaner Net is is essentially it's a product that provides that you install in your home, and then um, once you have an account set up, you can create a custom internet experience for every member of your family or every device in your home. So um, what's great is you don't have to essentially apply the same type of restrictions or limits to everybody. It's not an end-all, be-all for everyone. Okay. Um, It's just it works however you want it. So you you are the one that determines what you want and what you don't want uh, coming into your house and on your kids' devices and things like that. So... Uh, it's very powerful. It's awesome. I'm very excited to be involved and be able to provide a solution for parents, especially who just feel overwhelmed with technology a lot of times. Okay, definitely. We we just had Sean come into the the room here. He's making <laughs> Thanks, it Sean. great. I was trying to be quiet. One one day, I one day, Sean, I'm gonna bring a a little drape here because he looks like he's an angel. That he well, might he might get translated out. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, bounce go wap wow. Hey, look at that. We're we're moving into the nightclub. Okay. <laughs> All right. We like it. That's yeah. a little better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, interesting. Okay, so 
So you've you've been an entrepreneur for how long? Um, so I've been an entrepreneur for since 2004 was when I started started my first company. So almost 16 years. And that was the Vision, Vision Electronics. Electronics yeah. And what did yeah. you do in that business? So Vision Electronics, we were uh, electronic system integrators. So what we did is we installed uh, smart homes, lighting, theaters, sound systems, and stuff, primarily in custom residential homes, new new construction primarily. So we did a lot of work in the area. Still do have a, um, have a great group of guys. Some of the best techs in the area. So so there was smart homes in two thousand four. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little different than the smart homes in two thousand twenty. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, the technology. One thing I found is that um, you know in the analog world it was a little easier when we were just kind of taking RCAs and plugging in your right and left audio and you had you know it was a little bit easier back then and then everything turned into a computer. <laughs> so. <laughs> Now I can't even install a TV without running some kind of a firmware update. And so half the time, you know, our techs are just just trying to update everything that they install. So that's that's kind of where it's kind of we've become a connected world, which is also partially why what I'm selling now, what I'm doing now is so important because we've we've just created all of these different channels where we can access the internet, right? We and and it's awesome. It's amazing that we we have this ability. But it just opens up so many doors for people, and it, and unsuspecting eyes can just they can venture off into stuff on their gaming systems, on their smart TVs, when on you their say, tablets. Tell me what whatever. you mean by venture off. What does that mean? Pretty much just explore the in, the everything that is the internet, right? And there's a lot of great stuff out there, but there's a lot of content, a lot of things that are on the internet that are just very addictive and very destructive to us mentally and emotionally and even physically. So. Um, I just, you know, I think it's interesting when you look at the statistics, um, we're kind of in the, the, what I like to call the great experiment of the 21st century, you know, um, smartphones haven't been around very long. The ability to stream live video like we're doing right now hasn't been available very long, you know, having bandwidth that's, that's quick enough to do that. So we're all kind of, we've all kind of been thrown into this new technological world without really knowing what the consequences might actually be. And now that we're, you know, 12 years down the road after the iPhone came out, we're starting to see, right, now now they're starting to do studies that, you know, psychiatrists, you know, people in medicine and stuff are starting to kind of come out and talk about what what's going on with this, you know, accessibility that we have with this device that we can essentially access the World Wide Web right in our hands, in the palm of our hands. Okay. And so, okay, so let's go back to entrepreneur side. So you sure. started Vision and yep. you had that and you kind of sold out. You still own part of that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you yep. still own part of that? Yep. Okay. So you're still part of that? Still part of and that, then, yeah. And then you started, was there another business in between? Uh, yeah. So I got involved with a company called Networker. Um, okay. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm involved with Networker. I, I love Networker. If you haven't heard of Networker or Network with an R, check it out. Um, it's great. We've been using it at uh, local networking groups here like Allies, which has been awesome. And that's where I actually got introduced to Brandon Knudsen, who's the founder of Networker. Mm-hmm. And I just I saw what he was doing. I was really excited about it. So I did take some of the money from the sale of my other company and invested in a Networker. So I've, I'm kind of one of the angel investors in a Networker. And it's it's awesome. It, they're doing some really great things and uh, and starting to grow, really really starting to take off right now. So I'm excited about that. But okay, so you've got 
Your first company, so your second vision, company. Yep, networker, and now it's the cleaner net. Okay, so have you failed yet? Have you started a company and failed? <sighs> You're the only one that hasn't failed <laughs> something that I've talked to you so far. You know, um, I've been very blessed. I, I, I look at it as really calculated risk, okay. right? Um, starting a business is extremely risky, but much less so if you can approach it with the right amount of knowledge and understanding about it, right? So when I started my first company, um, I, uh, I had a great business partner, Aaron Meyer, who uh, is still over at Vision, and he's awesome. And he and I started that company together, just the two of us, and we just kind of grew it organically. You know, we just hustled, we just did our best. We we really kind of uh, limited our our take home at the very beginning. You know, we we tried to reinvest a lot of our our money back into the business to to kind of help it grow. And over time, it just you know, if you do a great job and you you have a product that people really desire, um, you can be successful. But you you really have to kind of put in the extra amount of effort to do that, which I think that's what most people are unwilling to do. You know, if you if you look at starting a business like a nine to five job, you will fail. Um, you have to be willing to put in extra hours, maybe work late at night, maybe you know do some of the things and sacrifice other things in order to get the bigger, greater rewards in the end. So, do you feel that you're a traditional entrepreneur where new business ideas are always coming to your mind, or were you able to be focused enough to say, "Hey, I'm starting this." everything's out, I'm focused, and I'm not doing anything else? Uh, for me, I, I like to kind of gather, look look at what is out in the current market, try and see trends. And initially, like with Vision, I started Vision because I was passionate about it. And I, I think that's really, at the very ground level, is the most important thing. If you don't love it, if you're not passionate or excited about it, it's really difficult to push through the hard hard times to see through it to the end, you know. So you really have to have a desire and a passion, I think, at the very at the very base of any business that you want to start. And if that passion's there, then it's a matter of doing enough research within the market to understand is there a demand for this? And if so, how do I how am I gonna build a business around this whatever idea it is that you have, whatever. So from the outside, it sounds like you're an analytical entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, nothing I do is just just guess, right? I don't, I don't just guess and hope and, and, and pray that it will work out. <laughs> it's very calculated and very, you know, methodically thought through. Like, okay, if I do this, what are the consequences in either direction? If it's successful, what, you know, what's going to happen? If I'm not successful, you know, what do I have to fall back on or do I have anything? And so you kind of have to... You have to assess the risk and just kind of push forward and and uh, follow that plan. Create a plan from okay. the get-go. So you have Vision, Networker, yep. Yep. and then CleanerNet. Yep. So let's talk about CleanerNet a little bit. Okay. What, what is it? Why is it? And what's going on with it? So what? The, so essentially, like I was saying before, what the CleanerNet is, the reason I started the CleanerNet is because for me personally, I see kind of a, an, a problem of epidemic proportions that we haven't quite grasped is actually a real problem as a society. Um, we are just now starting to see the, the fruit of unlimited access to the internet and smartphones is really, is really having on us as a society. And now we have enough data to back that up. Um, just to give you an idea, some, some of the statistics, for example, is like 56% of divorces are rooted in online pornography or infidelity. 
So over half of people are getting divorced because of extramarital things that are happening online, for example. And that's just one example. Um, pornography is probably the biggest plague of our society right now. And just it's, it's rampant, you know. Um, there's a popular porn site that um, they every year they do, they actually kind of release all the numbers that they're so, you know, they're very proud of their site. And they had over 42 billion hits to their website in one year, last year, 42 billion. So just to give you an idea, that is almost six visits per every person on earth. It's a staggering uh -huh. number. Yeah, it's a staggering number. That's to one pornography that's site. That's to one website, yeah. And, you know, I mean, this, all this data can be found. You can, you can research this. It's, there's nothing secret about it. But every poll, every, every study that I've read shows that at least 50%, if not 60% or more, of men are using pornography on a regular basis and about 25% of women. So that's a that's a pretty large number. That's we're not talking about a small percentage of the population. We're talking about the majority, frankly. And so I just want to help people recognize and just let's just get it out in the open. Let's just accept mm -hmm. the fact that hey, you know what? We have a problem and there are solutions, but if we just pretend that there, there's nothing going on, then these things are just going to get worse and worse. Um, and there's just a lot of consequence to, that, I, that I see that's going on, primarily with young people, especially people that are coming out of high school, going to college and so forth, and their ability to have healthy relationships and develop strong relationships. Um, we've essentially created a culture of isolation where people have thousands of friends online and no friends, nobody that they actually have a legitimate you know, one-to-one mm -hmm. relationship with. And it's really sad. And it's, it's, you know, I mean, that's why we have so much depression, anxiety. I mean, the number of people, especially young people that are suffering with these kind of issues has just skyrocketed in the last 10 years. So the cleaner net does, does what exactly? We know. So now I understand we have this problem of right. pornography. It's rampant. It's yes. crazy. Yes. What, what does, and we're going to jump into the live show probably in about three minutes. Okay. So I'll stop you in the middle and we'll do an intro and we'll do okay. that. So just give me an idea though. What is the cleaner net? So the cleaner net is, um, it's a product that you install in your home. I have, it's basically like a little device that plugs into your existing router, or I also have routers, actual routers, which is kind of the tunnel to the internet in your home, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so this device. Okay, wait, Brandon. So, yeah. because I'm going to have you explain this again once we go on to the radio show. Okay. Let's take a let's take a quick step back again. Uh, give me an idea. You've been an entrepreneur since 2004. Yes. How old were you when you started your first business? Um, so I was uh, about 25, 26 years old. Okay. What did you do before you were an entrepreneur? Um, I was in college, and um, I think probably college for me was really where the 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 entrepreneurial spirit occurred because. I was probably like a lot of college students where I was there, not because I was really passionate about it, but because I felt I needed to be there. You mm -hmm. know, I was, I was there without purpose. I didn't have a, dire a direction as far as what, where this was headed other than I need to get a degree. I'm just not sure why or, or what I'm actually going to pursue. And it was interesting. I was working in a restaurant when I was in college and I would look around and I'd see like a bartender, our bartender had a master's degree. And we had, <laughs> and we had several servers that I was working with, and they had all graduated. They had all graduated. They had bachelor's degrees, and I would just kind of look around and go, 
I understand why I'm here because I'm in school, right? I'm I'm in that <laughs> I'm in that phase where I'm just I'm just starting. But why are you guys here? Like I couldn't wrap my head around the idea that I was working with people because all my life I was told, hey, you know, you go to college, you get a degree, and there's just this wonderful job that's just out there waiting for you. You know, you're just gonna mm-hmm. have this wonderful life. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that. It's just like they just assume that if they have that little certificate that somehow there's a there's a, a gold path to success that's right out there and it's not true and that forced me to kind of question those ideas and so I started studying successful people my dad turned me on to a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki that was probably kind of the 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 game changer for me that book and once I started realizing that entrepreneurship that that success didn't necessarily equate to a college degree but it really equated to how you manage your money how you manage your time Mm -hmm. and investing in business and real estate and things like that. So that was kind of that, that really pushed me and pushed my, my, my trajectory into more of accounting and business and understanding how to run a business so that I could then apply the things that I learned in school to my own company. So you're going through school, your dad turns you on to a book outside of college that changes your life. Yes. So it's not the, and I'm not, and I don't ever intend to or mean to degrade or downplay traditional education. You're going through traditional education. You have a book. The book changes your life. Right. Do you feel like a lot of the traditional education, you're able to use those skills? Or was it from books and education outside of school that has helped mold you and and push you into different directions? Uh, It's a combination of both, actually. Um, I think think we're going live here in just one second. Let's tune us in here. Welcome, 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 everyone. It is Tuesday, February 25th, 2020. It's 3.05. I have Brandon Hart in here in the office, and and we have been going over what he's what he's done in his life, where he is, and where he's going. Sounds yes. like a certain <laughs> thing in church I learned one time. Uh, Remember, we have Training for Greatness number two. It's all about communication coming up in March 26th, Thursday evening at 6 to 7.30. We're going to be having uh, dinner is provided. It's only 20 bucks for a ticket. And we're going to have Amy uh, Twiggs come in. She's a psychologist from Stanford about sports, and she is incredible. We're going to talk about communication the entire time and understanding the technology world and how second rate we're becoming in our communication. <laughs> so, so that aside, uh, I've got Brandon Hart here. We've been talking about uh, all kinds of great things. So, I I had Brandon wait. If you guys have been watching on the Facebook Live and you still are, hey, uh, if you're joining us live on the radio, uh, if you want to hear about Brandon's story, where he's been at, and what he's doing, please feel free to jump back on the Facebook Live and watch all of that. So, for right now, give me a two minute summary of what we've been talking about. How long you've been in St. George, what you did college, entrepreneur, where you're at right now. Perfect. Yeah. So I uh, went to school up in, in Salt Lake, went to LDS Business College, actually. Um, moved down here in 2003. So I've been 
been here long enough that I would like to say that I'm resident now, you know, <laughs> although I think most of us are transports, right? Let's be honest. Uh-huh. Um, I started a company in 2004 called Vision Electronics. Uh, still involved with that kind of in a more passive role. I uh, turned that over in 2018. Um, and then I got involved in a company called Networker, which is a startup app. And I'm involved in that a little bit uh, as an angel investor. And here I am now. I own a company called the cleaner net and I'm I'm starting I'm now starting the next phase of my life and my career with a new business that I'm really really passionate about because it's more geared towards helping people which is what I love I love helping people and individuals and and I, I feel like I've got something that is really going to help people so that's okay. what I, that's okay what that's awesome so real quickly you gave some incredibly crazy statistics on uh, pornography yeah and uh, now on this on this radio show, we can pretty much talk about anything as long as we don't use profanity and we don't, you know, be, be over the top on something. Sure. So that said, this is real. This is live. We're yeah. going to talk about pornography. We're going to talk about addictions. We're going to talk about crazy things that you're trying to help prevent sure. through that. So give me the, the numbers again on, I think it was called Pornhub. Yes. How many people hit that website? Uh, so last, yeah, so Pornhub released, uh, all their, they, every year they release a report, and it kind of shows how many different people are viewing their websites, which, which, are, which, which videos get the most hits and things like that. Um, last year, 2019, they had $42 billion visits uh, to their website. So just to give you an idea, that is almost six visits per person in the world. So if you took the population of the world, every single person went to Pornhub six times, that's how many times people interact with that website, which is just a mind-boggling number if that, you think about it. <laughs> that's insane. Okay, so most of society, pornography is not bad. So right. you're having a rough time in your relationship, yes. go watch some porn, Absolutely, take yes. care of it, yeah. whatever. You just Tell us, though, why... What studies, what's going on with that? Why is that so bad? So this is what's interesting is that, like I was saying earlier, we, we haven't had access, like the kind of access to this type of content before. We really are kind of in an experimental phase right now. And it wasn't until 2007 that we even had a smartphone, a, a handheld device that gives us access to the Internet, right? So um, now we have enough data to really kind of demonstrate what this uh, – unobscured access, this, this, this access, this unlimited access to pornography right in the palm of our hand is doing to us as a society and the world, frankly. So um, just to give you an idea, 56% of divorces are rooted in online pornography or online relationships. So they, most 56%, over half of divorces now can be traced back to infidelity that occurs online, um, either with a person or with pornography. Um, 50 to the 67 percent, or sorry, over 60 percent of young men ages 13 to 24 admit to using or accessing porn on a weekly basis. You said almost six, 70 percent. It's it's over 60 percent. Yeah, in all the studies that I've wow. read. Yeah, so ages 13 to 24 are are admit that they are accessing or looking at pornography weekly. Okay, um, the numbers that are have just general population, people just in general that are engaging in porn, it's about 25 to 30% of women. And it's between, depending on the study you read, it's between 56 to about 70% of men that use porn on a semi-regular basis. So, so the reality is, is that we're all doing it. Okay. Statistically, most of us have seen pornography, Mm -hmm. have used pornography at some point in our life, 
or are using it currently. And what it's doing, and this is, this is really kind of where my mission comes into play and what I'm trying to do, is that human trafficking, sex trafficking of children, is also the fastest growing crime in the world right now. And there's a correlation between porn and human trafficking. And sex trafficking is at the end of a long-term addiction to hardcore pornography. That's really where this is all rooted in. So what's happening is people are innocently engaging and using porn, many of whom become compulsive and addicted to it. And over time, what it does to your brain is you don't get the same effect by watching certain types of pornography. You have to kind of dive a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And next thing you know, people are watching rape. They're watching child pornography. And then that results in them wanting to engage in those type of relationships. And then now all of a sudden they are actually trying to solicit sex with minors. And that's, that's really where this, this is all rooted in. So what I'm trying to do is, you know, you've got great organizations like Operation Underground Railroad is probably the most popular one, um, Global Education Philanthropists here locally, and others that are combating the human trafficking element of this. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to combat it on the front end. I'm trying to keep that, those addictions and kind of harbor that exposure to some of this content from our families, from our, our kids, and from ourselves, frankly. you know. So, t- um, so tell us how, how the cleaner net – I love how you said you're trying to get it on the front end. I think so many times in life we focus on, hey, let's fix this problem rather than fix the what's going on over here. Right. You know, let's – and I say this with all the politeness. Let's fix – obesity, well, why don't we fix what we're putting in our mouth rather than trying to fix the problem exactly. over here? Yeah. So so what are you doing on the front end to help? What does CleanerNet do? So the CleanerNet basically is a product that you install in your home. Um, it either plugs into your existing home router or I also have a router exclusively that you actually use as your, your wire or Wi-Fi in your home. And that device basically tunnels your network traffic to a cloud-based filtering system that we host. And so what it allows you to do basically is you as a parent or as the administrator of that account, you get to decide what type of content and when that content can be accessed in your home and on what devices. So what's great about it is I'm basically giving you a digital toolbox that you can use at your discretion And you can decide whether or not you want your children to have access to certain types of social media. You can decide when you want them to be able to access the Internet and when you want the Internet to basically be turned off to specific devices. And it just gives you a little bit of peace of mind. And what's great is with a, I have a partner app that works in conjunction with that. So you can install our app on any mobile devices. And now whatever limits you've placed on that specific user they work no matter where that phone goes. And that's always, I think, has been the Achilles heel of most most kind of internet filters that you see is that they work kind of on a device or they work in your house, but that's it, you know. And, and kids are smart. Um, in fact, our teenagers, let's be honest, they know this stuff better than we do. They, you know, <laughs> they really do. And so I'm trying to help parents especially get educated. And it's like, okay, guess what? As soon as you, imply, as soon as you install this, this is what your teenager is going to do. And this is how they're going to try and get around it. <laughs> and so this is what you have to do to keep them from essentially getting around the, uh, the cleaner net in your home. So, so I'm trying to provide content and resources to help 
families really kind of wrangle in this monster that we all kind of have to live with. Because I'll be honest with you, I love the internet. I think we all do. I mean, mm-hmm. I love the convenience. I, I you know, we, we live in a society, a connected world now where we can communicate with anybody in the world. You know, we can order our groceries on on our phone. You know, <laughs> we can just drive to Walmart and have somebody put groceries in our car. It's amazing, right? It's awesome. I love it. But it's introducing so many negative things too that if we don't if we don't balance it, we are losing this battle. I mean, we are literally getting creamed right now. And our kids, our innocent kids, are our targets right now. They're the ones that are being targeted primarily. And so that's that's really what we're up against. So give me an idea. So well for well, the last thing sales pitch on sure. on that. What does it cost for a family? Where do they get it at? How do, how do they do they have to sign a five year contract? Is this is this security <laughs> systems? You know, are, how does that work? Real yeah, quick, sure. And then and then I want to talk about you as a person. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So real quick, so you can you can go to thecleanernet.com, which is our website. Okay. Uh, you can also find our products on Amazon. Just go to Cleanernet. Just search the Cleanernet, and you'll find our uh, router and minis on there. Um, and uh, all of our products include one year of service for free. So everything that I was telling you about protection for all your devices in your home, all the mobile devices that you have that your family members use. Those are all covered and protected for a year. And then after that, it's only $99.99 for a year or $9.99 a month, 10 bucks a month, basically after that for the service if you if you want to continue with it. So I really want everybody to essentially have at least a year to really try it out and use it. And I think what you'll find is that once you get it in your home and you start using it, you realize how value and valuable it is. It's just amazing. I, I love it. I've been using it in my own home for several years, and it's great. You know, my, my kids know that at 10 o'clock, their device is just stop working. So they don't even, I don't even have to like argue. It's like, okay, you know, give me the iPad or I'll turn the gaming system off. They just know. And so they just, they, look, it, they watch the clock and they're like, Oh, what time is it? Oh, yep. Yep. 10 o'clock internet turns off and it just freezes their game or it just stops it yeah, right in the yep, middle. Yep. Yeah. If they're playing online. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been great. I love it. And I just want to empower parents especially. And, and another, just real quick, one thing that I'm trying to do too is I filter myself. I have I have a pornography uh-huh. filter on my own device. You might say, well, geez, that's kind of silly. Why would you do that? And it's because I'm a human being. I'm a man. And we all have weaknesses. And I just don't want that to be a problem or a temptation for me. So that's why. And I think that's, I think that's great. I think that's healthy. I think that's a great way to keep a, a good marriage and, you know, stay faithful to my wife, both physically and mentally. Well, I mean, how often is it that we're not even trying to find pornography. Sure. I typed in my wife's name on Google <laughs> and pornography. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. like what is, what yeah. is this? So are those type of things that it will help filter? Absolutely. So what's cool is I actually have safe search lock on our software. So you can basically lock in safe search. And what that does is it prevents access to any search engine that does not support safe search. And what is safe search? Well, Google, uh, Bing and DuckDuckGo are the only three search engines that actually have it, what it does is it they basically filter those types of, of results. So um, images, you know, if you search something like boobs or something like that, it's not going to show a bunch of women, you know, bare-breasted women uh-huh. when you go to Google Images. Safe Search kind of filters that out. So that is a great tool. I love that. Um, it just kind of makes it a little, you know, a little bit better for your family. I mean, I just, I just turn on, on everything in my house because I have no reason for that very reason. Like, I have no reason to search something innocuous and have 
yeah. some picture like that show up. And, and if you're and if you're researching breast cancer, okay, that's one thing. You're going to see pictures of breasts, but <laughs> it's for a different it's for a different reason. Sure, and you can alter that and change that accordingly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So let's take a step back. Okay. So you've got these three businesses. You're an entrepreneur. You're making things happen. Tell me what you do outside of work. Well, first, how many hours a week do you work? Oh, gosh. It, it, it varies. I mean, Are you, you know, um, right now I'm just – I've spent a lot of time building the foundation for my business. Okay. And so we're just kind of now launching our marketing com- campaign. So I'm just kind of trying to figure out this – is, this is one of the things that I'm trying to do to kind of get the word out, right? It's – it's getting at your face out in the open, getting this message out to the public. And so, Peyton, thank you so much for inviting me on. These are the kind of things that I want to be doing going forward. So I'm, I'm spending less time just kind of working in my business and more time working on my business. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I've, I've spent the last eight months just, you know, hammering away, trying to build my website and getting all the pieces together. And now I'm finally ready to start, start getting out and getting it out and creating awareness. Okay. So how does that... How does that play a role in family life? Um, I think it's a good, I think it's, what's been great is that I'm able to work from home. So um, just with this particular business, unlike my last business where I kind of need to be there and we have a showroom and everything. That's one thing that I've really enjoyed is I've been able to to spend actually more time at home. In fact, my wife and I, we just had a baby three weeks ago. Congratulations. And so, you know, today... I got through all my emails. I got. I had a couple of hours where I was freed up, and I took my son over to the, to the children's museum for a couple of hours today, and it was great. I, I love it, you know. And so I think that's critical. Is it's important not to get so entrenched into what you're doing that it takes precedence over the things that are most important in your life. And for me, my family always comes first. So you know, if, if you know, that's I think is good. As good advice for anybody that's looking at going to businesses, don't make that mistake. That is one thing I look back with a little bit of regret is when I started my first company back when I was in my mid-20s is I was spending a lot of time and I was justifying working on Saturdays and on the weekends and working late nights because, hey, you know, we need to get it done. We need to make sure that our clients were satisfied. And that took me away from some of those early experiences with some of my younger with my old there are my older children now but when they were younger I feel like I lost some great opportunities that that I should have I should have placed more precedence on that at the time right so if you're looking back at yourself and you have the education that you have now yeah when you if you could put yourself back in that situation what would you do differently um, I think for that's actually a great question I think that's one of the reasons why I felt compelled to kind of exit that company a couple of years ago is that um, I learned so much about just business in general and some of the things that I should have done differently. And so I wanted to take all of my 14 years of knowledge and understanding and apply that to a new business. Um, so some of those things is building a foundation, like really focusing on automation, uh, creating creating something that is valuable that you can kind of sell over and over again, right? That's that you can sell to the masses as opposed to something that's restricted or limited to what I can physically do. Right. So there was a lot of things that I wanted to, to kind of create in my mind. There's a lot of things I was like, okay, next time I'm not going to do this, this, and this, and this. And so those are just some of the, some of the things that I, that I wanted to do, but. And and how, 
so you go you go back there. Yeah. But, so say you you put yourself here. Would have you ran your company differently from what you know now? In some ways, yes. Um, I think probably the biggest problem that we have as entrepreneurs is that we are afraid to give up responsibility. Like we get this mindset that we're the only ones that can do it, or we only we're the only ones capable of doing the job to 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 a specific standard. Right? We kind of mm-hmm. uh, get entrenched. It's like if it's not me, then who? And I wish I would have learned earlier in my career that I needed to place more trust in my team, right? And and kind of shuffle more responsibility onto them so that I could free up some of more more of my time to be available to really to really use my skills where it was appropriate. And my skills may not necessarily have been sitting in the office working on a computer for six hours of every day. You know, my, my skills maybe were more valuable if I was out meeting with potential clients and out, out, you know, mm-hmm. doing sales or things like that, like getting out in the public, like I'm doing right now. So, uh, that, that's definitely one thing I, I definitely would have changed. Um, if I could go back, I guess. Okay. No, that's cool. That's, that's good information for the younger entrepreneur that's starting out. So we've got about five minutes left. Let's talk about books that have really impacted you. Are you a book enthusiast? Do you read all the time? Have you read like five books, one book, and this one book was the one that changed your life? Give me an idea of books. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I love to. I love to read. I'm. I'm not much of a of a, a fiction reader. I like. You know, I'm kind of. I like to read stories about successful people. That's kind of been my mantra. You know, um, and I follow. I like. I like. You know, interesting characters, p- individuals. Um, you know, like um, oh, Jordan. Peterson's one that comes to mind. You know, I think he's really interesting. He's got a great book out. Uh, but what, what's the name of his book? Um, I'm drawing a blank. I can't. That's okay. I apologize. I apologize, Jordan. I don't remember your name. Um, <laughs> you remember his name, just not his book. Yes, yes. Um, uh, anyway, I, I apologize to all you on Facebook land. But um, the, I would say probably the one book that really had the biggest impact on me, um, just on my life in general, from a professional standpoint, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Why? Um, I believe it's because it really shifted the way that I was looking at at my life, pretty much, in general. Um, I went into college with, like I think a lot of people do, with the idea that I needed to get an education, I needed to get a degree, so that I could go out and you know, be a value to a, co- a company, right? I could go out and work for somebody and work my way up a corporate ladder and be able to take care of my family. And I think that's, and th- there's nothing wrong with that mentality at all. Um, but what was interesting is when I was in college, and I, I shared this earlier, but when I was in college, I was working at a macaroni grill restaurant up in Salt Lake, and our bartender had a master's degree, and I was working with several of my, my coworkers that had already graduated from college. And they were here working with me, alongside me, <laughs> And I just could not wrap my head. I'm like, why are you guys here? like? I understand why I'm here. Why are you guys here? You know, mm-hmm. and that just kind of forced me to kind of shift my mindset and just go, huh? Well, maybe just having a master's degree, or maybe just having a certificate saying that I had finished four or six years of school, doesn't guarantee that I'm gonna the result, right? I think that that was kind of where my mind shifted. Is like, huh? Well, that certificate doesn't guarantee an end result. Mm-hmm. And really, um, my dad actually turned me on to that book, Robert Kiyosaki's book, Mitch Dad, Poor Dad. And when I just read it, I just ate it up. 
because it just made sense to me. It's just like, yes, this is, this is me. This is what I like. This is what I want to do. Like I want to go out and I want to build a business. I want to manage my resources. I want to invest. I want to be smart with my money. And, and, and he just completely opened my eyes to something I hadn't ever considered before. And that really was that, that you could be successful and maybe even not even finish college, which admittedly I, I actually never did. <laughs> That's okay. There's no so, judgment here. So, yeah. So, anyway, like I said, no, no, uh, no judgment. For, you know, here I am sitting in the university doing this podcast, but— um, It's public radio. We're not in university. Okay. okay. All right. So, anyway. <laughs> so, okay. So, we've got two minutes left. What is one major thing that you wish that you could have either learned, applied differently in either business, education— in, in your life that you could give a new entrepreneur that's starting, what advice do you want to give him or her? Yes. Um, fail early. You know, go for, go for it, especially when you're younger and you have the ability and you ha- don't have so much to lose, you know. Um, it, it's so much harder to take those kind of risks later on in life when you have, a, you know, maybe you have a spouse, maybe you have children, things like that. So, um, fail early and fail often, you know, I would say if you are looking at starting a business, I would definitely recommend that you find somebody that's doing what you think you want to do and reach out to them. I, 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 I wish that I had done that earlier and on in my career. Um, and, and that's what I always encourage people that are going into college and stuff. It's like, Hey, if you think you know what you want to do, find somebody that's successful at it and go and, and, and reach out to them. I most people I know they would they would be honored to have somebody reach out to them. Peyton, I'm sure you know you're very successful. I'm sure if somebody said, "Hey, I'm looking at getting into real estate. I would love to, to just kind of help. Is there anything I can do to help you?" I think you would love that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so take that opportunity. Um, reach out to people that are doing the things that you want to do and you, you aspire to be. And that is really the key because what I've learned is that business relationships. And who you know is far more important than what you know. Absolutely. And that and that's a phenomenal uh, thought to leave it on. Uh, Brandon, we appreciate you coming in today. It's It's been an honor to learn about the cleaner net and the plague of pornography and what's going on. Uh, remember, we are live every Tuesday at 3 to 3.30. And remember, the 26th March, Training for Greatness 2. It's all about communication. Get your ticket. It's only 20 bucks. Look forward to see you guys next week. Have a terrific Tuesday. See you later. See ya.